Anime Pulse, episode 596. I am your host, Joseph, joined by my co-host, Andrew Chan. Hello, how do you do? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Yeah, quite good, quite good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that I don't actually have to commute to work tomorrow, but more on that later. Ah, yes, I'm very interested to hear about that. Mm-hmm. So with that said, let's go straight into our IRL news. And uh, seeing as how we want to save the best for last, we'll uh, save your half for the second part of this, because my portion of this is actually going to be relatively quick this time around. I know, my IRL news usually takes up the longest portion of this uh, part, but um, really not much happened this week. We did see our first glimpses of summer, or spring, as it were, with... Record-setting temperatures in the high 60s on Friday. And uh, a painful reminder of why I love summer and why I don't love summer because... um, Or warm weather in general. I love it because the sun shines down upon you. It makes your skin a nice golden brown color. It makes your bones produce vitamin D. It makes you feel good, kind of like Superman almost. Yeah, you know, the warm air, you can just walk around with less clothing on. Thus, the negative. Because of Mm -hmm. where I live, Amster Rico, I'm surrounded by less than intelligent people uh, in this community. And a lot of them all think that walking around shirtless with their pants around their ankles is cool or hip or attractive. Mm Mm-hmm. When all it makes me want to do is pull my belt off, tie it around their waist, and strangle them to death. <laughs> Wait, strangle them to death from the waist? Uh, well, after I pull the belt on, I'll put it on, and then I'll strangle them to death. Oh, okay, 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 it's a sequence. It has nothing to do with the belt that you took off, okay. Yes, because I think that people who do that are idiots. They don't, it's not the 90s anymore, people. That's not cool or hip anymore. It's not dope to walk around with your underwear showing it ain't attractive. <laughs> Mal says it never was. <laughs> I want to know who the first idiot who was that did that so I can go back in time and kill them. And that way I can be like, there you go. A trendsetter is dead. Mm, but if you did that, you might end up in some sort of other, other timeline where there's an actual worser fashion trend that goes on. Uh, but you it might know. not bother me as much. It might bother someone else who will then go back in time and kill that person, and thus the butterfly effect begins. But mm. at least my thing about the pants is taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what matters at the end of the day. You just really don't want to see those pants. Exactly. So what if everyone else is gelatinous green blobs because I made someone who pulled down their pants and walked around in it end up dead? In the end, I solved my problem. Well, cause Armageddon if it means not having to see people's pants too low down. Exactly. It was it was those pair of pants that at one point stopped a president from pushing the big red button because he was distracted by them. He's like, what is that? Sir, you almost pressed the red button. Oh, she's sorry about that. But without the pants, he presses that red button and thus begins Fallout. New Vegas. <laughs> oh. That would be... Probably less disappointing than for, than 76, though, to be fair. Oh, yes. That, uh, that one, would so. be very less disappointing, especially if it was a remake. Mm. Man. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. into that series, but I've heard some bad things. 
So have I, and I've seen some bad things, all thanks to Jim Sterling. Oh, yeah. Thank God for him, as uh, he likes to say. Great guy. Great video. Yes. Uh, Let's see here. What else? Uh, Not much to really talk about work. I was alone at work on Friday. I was legitimately the last, well, one of the last people in the office. My coworker had gotten sick. My other coworker, who only is there for part time, who only reads the, uh, does the phone calls for letting people know when we're showing up the next day, their uh, delivery times. Uh, she was also sick, and my oh. boss had to leave early as well because he had to go pick up his daughter. Left leaving me in the office alone, which I didn't even know my coworker had gotten sick and just took off. I mean, I guess she talked to Craig and was just like, I don't feel well, let me go home. And because Craig is the VP and he's not her boss, he was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Ah. So she just took off, leaving me completely alone, which sucks. But whatever. I handled it like a big grown-up, and thankfully we didn't get a lot of phone calls in. So I was just able to sit around doing not too much of anything except uh, working on this game that will never see the light of day. I'm currently writing a storyboard for a uh, a isekai game. I know. With me, so with my mind wrapped around isekai all the time, I was like, you know, I don't think there's a really good isekai game out there. And so I'm making one right now. Oh, you're actually, right, as in... As what, in, like, I'm doing, doing the, the writing for it. Like, right now I'm making the characters, I'm designing the towns, and I'm also doing mm. the quest storyboard. So, like, if then, you know, go here, if this, go there, you know, and then, like, if you did this, then do that, and that kind of thing. Ah, uh, okay. Well, wait, how exactly does this work? Wait, clarify one thing for me. Um Is this a game where you your character gets sucked into another world? Because otherwise, isn't any video game essentially another world to begin with? It's uh, one of the ones where it's otaku in another world. He ends up getting killed because he pushes some... Uh, he saves like a cat or a person or something like that. I forget exactly how I said it um, right now because I'm not looking at the script I had written. But he ends up saving something. He dies. Uh, God meets him and is like, hey, you know, you weren't supposed to die there. And since you did such a heroic thing, you know, I'll let you... I'll let you be reincarnated. Can't reincarnate you in your own world. That'd be weird. Uh, so I'll let you go to another world. I'll give you a couple things. Uh, let me know what you want. And then he gets teleported to this other world. He is, as a baby, he starts out, you know, being freshly born. Not like as a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fully grown. And he goes through life learning about the world with all his memories from the past world and uh, he ends up doing rather well for himself, and uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's it's fun. Mm. I have a lot of fun with the series, and it's more it's a far more <laughs> mature take on things because the guy's already he's already been in that area where he's like, well, I was in my like 40s or something like that back in the other world, so I'm just going to go right through all my younger younger years, far less embarrassed. Ah, uh, you know it's, it's not necessarily a detriment, but I do find it kind of funny that part of the setup at the beginning with the cat reminds me of the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. <laughs> you seen that Why? one? The Halle Berry. She, yeah, I've not seen yeah, it. Yeah, because she heard. tries to she tries to rescue a cat from her windowsill at the very beginning, and that gains her the respects of the cats, so that when she dies. Not God, but the cats bring her back to life, essentially. So it reminds me of that Catwoman movie. Interesting. So a cat god. Hmm, I might be able to use that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. You can maybe have a little wink to that film. uh... Oh man, that movie was so bad. Yeah, that was a bad movie. Not entirely Halle Berry's fault, but she was a bad cast for Catwoman. she's not, yeah. I mean, she's an Oscar winner. She's actually done some good acting in the past. Um, It's just not well made. I have a habit, for some reason, watching terrible superhero films when I'm on an airplane, and it was one of two terrible ones. The other one one being the Fantastic Four film, the most recent one, if you've seen that one. Yep, that was pretty bad. I didn't see it, but (sighs) again, I've heard all about it. 
Okay, good. Okay, don't waste your time. They're awful. <laughs> Lots of... Yeah. Cool. So your game coming along. Are you? Uh, is it going to be made on Unity or what? What kind I of don't game engine do you use? No, right now, like I've been kind of like going through different things. There's uh, Renpy, a Remplay, or Rem Rempi. Renpi. Not heard of that one. The chick with the snake. Uh, the icon for like the game application is like a chick holding a python. Oh yeah. Um, mm. It's it's like Renplay or Renpay or something like that. Um, okay. Which is made using the Python engine, I think. And ah, I there's see. also RPG Maker, which was another thing I was thinking yep. of because it's just very cheap and easy to use. Um, that brings back memories. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but not like the old RPG Maker, like RPG Maker MK or MV or whatever it's called. Yeah, now. it's probably come a long way since like I used it back when I was in a primary school slash high school. So it was very basic back then. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, but I, I don't really know right now. Like I said, I'm just, I don't even think it's ever going to see that phase of the stuff because what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to just take the game and post it on some like, uh, amateur game creators forums and just be like, here's a mm. game, I, a storyboard stuff ideas I came up with. Someone take it and run with it and see if it you oh, know, catches okay. any biters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you, at the moment you don't know any, uh, developers off the top of your head that you're in touch with too. Just go ahead. And I mean, I, I do have one, but I'm already making a game, or I'm already doing the writing of a game for them for A Modest Journey, and that's Nicaria. Um I see. I but see. that is for a different audience. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, any case, not really too much else has been going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. <clears throat> okay fair enough fair enough um i probably built up my week a bit too much there they're on it's not like there's a lot to report it's the only reason i said i'd be kind of excited is that uh t- this week i don't have to go into work because basically they've run out of office space for some events that are going on so i've just been given my laptop and just told to work from home so i've got to be huh. able to do it from the comfort of my house room i'll be working remotely basically using a vpn to get into the system from here so that's what i'm looking forward to so it's not really that much to report on otherwise and also my week as well has been pretty quiet it's just uh the flat's been to myself because everybody else who stays here is currently on holiday so i've had the whole house to myself for this whole week so anywho that's pretty much my week nothing else to really report on i can move i can move along oh by the way were you already finished with your um your irl section did i just go over no, no, like, yeah, you were okay. you were completely in the right. I was all done. There's okay. nothing to report elsewise. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, right, so there are no comments, so we can just move on past my section because there's nothing else to declare. There are no comments for Anime Pulse this week on the website, so we can go on to the forum, which there isn't probably much to read through either. There is one update to last week's topics about gateway anime to show other people by Dryden999. Uh, I would honestly still say Cowboy Bebop. It had a little bit of everything. The animation, story, voice acting, etc. Still holds up even after all this time. Of the new anime I'd seen, I'd say Dororo. Good choice. I know it's still running, but still. Violet Evergarden. A place further than the universe. All have great animation characters, plot. But are too weird that they'd turn off someone trying to get into anime for the first time. Yeah, I'd I'd sort of agree. You'd have to really gauge the person. I think we went over that last week. You'd have to really gauge them before something like A Place Further Than the Universe and, you know, Violet Evergarden to many. Like, I like it, but I I can imagine a lot of people may find it boring because it's a bit melodramatic. So, I get that. Dororo's a pretty safe choice, though. It's it's a good... uh, I think it's a good gateway one. At least from what I've seen so far. And that takes us to the most recent forum topic for this week, which is Best Quotes in Anime. So... And uh, writing is a big important part of any story-based medium, including anime. So there are great minute, uh, great moments that are built on pivotal animation moments, music, and of course dialogue. So in regards to that, what are some memorable lines that you can recall from anime? And I'm going to refresh this page. We have nothing! So, uh, Red, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you have in terms of quotes from anime? Well, I mean, there's some... Like obvious quotes, like uh, you know, end of Cowboy Bebop. Uh huh. Bang. I know it's a very, ah. very short quote, one word, 
but like that mm-hmm. everything that comes down there and while spike doesn't say it the end card of that episode you're going to carry that weight oh there's so much so much gravitas behind that line that's just like you know it makes a lot of people just break down and cry after you hear that kind of shit mhm yeah uh, but if we're going to go with like quotes that like really struck home for me then i don't remember it specifically but i can describe the situation that's happening uh, in march comes in like a lion which of course a superb anime um there are a lot of parts to it that really kind of like resonate with me uh, just because they'll deal with situations that I've been in in the past or currently am in uh, two of them one of them is uh, hmm. one of them is I'm trying to remember her name mm-hmm. What's that girl's name? March comes in like a lion. Let's see here. So mm-hmm. the first one is Hinata's quotes, or quotes, her rant, more likely, of bullying. Um, and it's this whole thing that she talks about with Ray, where I believe it's at nighttime and they're like near a pier. And she's like crying and talking about this bullying incident. And she's talking about how she didn't do anything wrong. And is mm-hmm. there's a lot in what she's saying, like, really strikes home with me. But it's difficult. Um, the other one that comes up is one of the other shogi players in March Comes In Like a Lion. Uh, Sakutaro, who's one of the older men. And at one point in the anime, he's talking about how he feels like he's becoming the only one left. How he feels so alone. And I was actually able to find one of the quotes where it's, uh, These days, wherever I go, I'm always the oldest one. How long has it been like that? Somewhere along the line, the people who have been fighting alongside me have disappeared. First one, then another. All that's left now is this old body and these innumerable stashes. And they've been entrusted to me. They sure are heavy. Hmm. So just a very, like, coming to the realization that, like, you're you're getting old. And all of your friends right. are, that you knew are dying or going away. And you're becoming alone. Yeah. It's something quite, uh, I suppose, profound. Yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like these people who pass on are all leaving their hopes and dreams with you at becoming the best. And so you're kind of trying to carry on their legacy at the same time. It's very heavy. Hmm. Very good. Oh, that's a good mix of quotes you have there. Um, Thank you. I've been told to refresh. Um, one second. Mal says... You're going to carry that weight. Haha, <laughs> I don't know what that's from. Oh, wait, that's from... That's the one you mentioned, actually. Yeah, um, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Uh, how can I put some quote the best characters? Spike Spiegel. Whatever happens, happens. Sometimes things are... Uh, some things are, and you have to let them be. So, Cowboy Bebop seems to be one of the more quotable ones everyone seems to enjoy. If I was just going for meme ones, I could just mention anything from pretty much JoJo. Anything that's basically said by Dio, um, you know, th- those those kind of speak for themselves. Um, and honestly, I've just recently came up with the topic as usual, so I, ha- I haven't had time to think of any really profound ones myself, although there are a few. Just other memorable short excerpts would be just like catchphrases more than anything else, like Elsai Kongaroo from Dinescape, but I'll need a week to think on something better. Uh, Rampant says, well, I cannot get into the forums. Thanks, Apple. Says the website is not secure. It's fine, Rampant. I'll read yours out next week if you have one then. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually have. I've got nothing else at the moment. So um, I think we're good to move on. Is everyone else good to move on? We're good to move on. Shall we do this? Yep. Okay. No objections. Okay. Um, yep. So I guess we'll, we can just go into the 
there. Yeah, we can go to the next section. We can. If everyone has Street. anyone else has updates, we can just. I'll read them out next week. Okay. Yes. Straight into industry news then. With my first piece of news here, so remember about how Japan was taking manhole covers off because they kept getting spray painted? Huh? Well, uh, this time they're taking manhole covers off to punish someone. Uh, Now, uh, you may uh, not know about this, but uh, the uh, actor Pierre Taki, Mm -hmm. who... uh, has uh, been uh, who has been uh, caught using narcotics in Japan, which apparently in Japan using any type of drugs that are banned is about as heavily looked down upon as killing someone with a gun. Which uh, in Japan, if you kill someone with a gun, you face extremely heavy punishment as opposed to killing someone with a knife or a sword, <clears throat> right. or even just with your bare hands. Uh huh. And apparently, uh, due to this uh, fact that he has been caught using cocaine or whatever drug he was used or caught using, uh, he has been uh, recast as Olaf in a uh, uh, patch that they put out for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh Uh, Sega has actually temporarily ceased sales of its judgment. Uh, PlayStation 4 game, which he is featured in as one of the main villains. Uh-huh. Four different broadcasting or broadcasters have stopped or replaced his role in their programming, and uh, this weekend's Denki Groove concert has been scrapped, which he was a member of. Hmm. Yes, and uh, most recently. Uh, Taki was one of the two individuals painted on a custom manhole cover on the street outside South Exit of the Fujita Railway Station in Fujita. Mm-hmm. And according to a Twitter user by the name of Stepjerk, the cover was there in the morning, but was gone by 6 p.m. that day. So it's like Japan's trying to just erase the presence of Pierre Taki. Right. Mm-hmm. I can see why, but uh, yeah. No, it's yeah, uh, very. I don't really have, yeah, very harsh punishment for someone who is a celebrity. And mm-hmm. in America, if a celebrity was caught doing cocaine, it would just be something that we'd be like shrugging at, like, eh? Yeah, because that's what celebrities do. They do drugs. Yeah, it's just the culture. It's, it, it, I don't even think it would turn any heads if we found out just ex-celebrities on such and such or heroin or whatever. No, it would it just be like, like this, yeah. meh. Yeah, Moving like, on. So? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in, but, uh, in apparently in Japan, it's like, oh my goodness gracious, golly gee. Just get rid of that man. He does not exist anymore. We shall have no part of him. Hmm. I think they're uh, a bit overreacting, to uh, say the least. Yeah, yeah, I think so. At least from, you know, our culture and such, you know, our perspective, I don't think it's really yeah. something from worth American... impersonating them for. But, uh... Yeah, American perspective, I definitely say that Japan is way overreacting. Like, they need to tone down yeah. a bit. Like, this kind of punishment is... I mean, he was arrested. He hasn't been convicted of anything yet. It's alleged right. illegal possession currently and use of cocaine. Although, given what you've painted of the legal or justice system there, it's only a matter of time, right? Indeed. It could very well be that he's already signed some kind of paper that says, like, yes, I was doing cocaine, and that he's been released, and that's what happens to Japan. Is that They're like, well, we can hold you here for seven weeks without bail for no reason, or you can just sign this paper and go home. That's still crazy that they can do that. It's nuts. Yeah. That's why when you're a foreigner in Japan, as Ichigo would very prominently point out, if there is a crime scene, stay the hell away from it. Because you will be arrested, and they'll just try to pin the blame on you, even if you are completely innocent. Because Japan just looks for that easy answer. Jesus. 
Yeah. Gotta yeah. love you, Japan. You're great. You have a very fantastic culture, but goddamn, your justice system's fucked. There are some things, yeah. I mean, nothing's perfect, so that's one of those things. <laughs> yep. Mm. Any hoozles. Yep. So, um, up for some lighter news? Yes, please. Let's uh, shake off some of this heavy dust. <clears throat> right. So, on a lighter note, for those of you, and I'm sure there are many people in our audience right now that are huge Hello Kitty fans, uh, they're going to be opening a giant Hello Kitty storefront in Asakusa this spring. It's dated towards, uh, not a specific date, but towards the end of April. So, the famous Sensoji Temple and Nam... Nakamise Shopping Street is filled with souvenir shops and stalls in Asakusa. It's a popular tourist destination, but now it's going to be uh, blessed with the presence of a giant 6.8 meter by 5 meter Hello Kitty glass tile facade in front of a storefront. It's probably going to be the uh, Sanrio Danshi sort of gift shop of people's dreams, for those who are fans. And as an an interesting touch, the Hello Kitty is even able to open and shut its eyes, so I'm Gotta guess that it's solar powered and maybe like, you know, at night it closes its eyes, which I think is a nice touch, for sure. Uh, the mm. store will have two levels. Uh, one floor being exclusively for Hello Kitty shit. Um, I mean, nice stuff, good shit, probably, right? And items featuring other Sanyo Danshi characters, such as Cinnamoral, Guditama, My Melody, but they didn't mention in this article my favourite one, Pom Pom Purin, which will be available on the second floor. Uh, the grand opening apparently will have an appearance of a Hello Kitty in a kimono, according to this image. We don't actually get any, like, diagrams or photographs, obviously, because it's still not built yet. But we have a nice illustration provided in this article. Um, and then there's also going to be a Hello Kitty rickshaw, uh, which is announced to be part of the opening day, like, uh, festivities. Um, let's see, anything else? And as you can see, the rickshaw in this image features the a large Hello Kitty head as the hood for it. So, because uh, Asakusa is actually apparently quite famous for its rickshaws and stuff, so it's it's quite fitting given the area. Uh, we also know that Hello Kitty um, has been very active as a brand in terms of like its relevancy. You know, it's, apparently it's been colla- according to this, it's been collaborating with American YouTuber. I don't know which American YouTuber it is. Uh, if I just click the link, I can find out. And decorating entire trains in the Kansai area. It's the YouTuber is called Austin Mahone. Don't know who the hell that is. It's apparently an American singer slash songwriter. Anyway, not super important. Anyway, uh, there's no exact date where he mentioned that. If you're a Sanrio fan, then I suppose this is going to be a, a destination of choice in your next uh, trip to Japan if you're from the West, which... It's likely the case if you're listening to this. So, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I know about things such as, like, the Pokemon Center, which is, like, the tourist destination if you're, like, a Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. And now there's one for if you're a Hello Kitty fan. There you go. I'm sure Black Magic is really excited about this. <laughs> Soon everything will be Hello Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of popular things... Yep. I have here a list of the top 10 anime that uh, nice. some otaku want to see remade oh. uh, in our newer nice. generation. So the website uh, Nijimen uh, mm-hmm. recently hosted a poll to see you know, what they wanted to have remade in this newer generation for anime. And they have a list here mm-hmm. of 10. Now, the first one at number 10 is Spiral. Oh. Which is a drama mystery yep. thriller anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's one of the first anime I ever watched. Well, anime, anime. At mm-hmm. number 9 is Samurai Deeper Kyo. I don't know what that is. That's a action, fantasy, historical ninja samurai kind of anime. Okay. At number eight is the Twelve Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Japan loves its Twelve Kingdoms shit. Uh, yeah. Number seven is the story of Sayun Koku, which is a drama, romance, supernatural, bishonen kind of anime. Mm. Male harem stuff. Uh, ah. Number six is Slam Dunk. 
Ah, the basketball one. Okay. Gotcha. Slam! And break the mother drive. <laughs> at, uh, let's see here. At number five is Please Save My Earth. Hmm. Which is a, a drama science fiction reincarnation type anime. At number mm -hmm. four is Kodacha. Man, that's pretty old. That's a 1996 one. Oh. At number three is Gaku and Alice. Gaku and Alice. That one sounds familiar, at least. Okay. Comedy, drama, and magic for that uh... one. And oh, a okay. small yeah, country such, school, Sakura, Mikan, and Imai Hotaro yeah. are classmates and best friends in their own way. Ditsy, emotional Mikan seems ill-matched with aloof emotionless Hotoru, yet they are together all the time, until Hotoru gets called away to study at the strange and forbidding Alice Academy. In her anguish at being left behind, Mikan finally decides to follow her friend, and in doing so, she makes a strange discovery. Huh. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Then at number two, Reborn. Uh, also that. known as uh, Katekyo Hitman Reborn. Oh, now I know. This is the same person who did Eld Life. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Don't know much yeah. about it except for the main guy with the fire on his head. But yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I tried to get into it because I thought of how like people thought it was so good and it got really popular, mm. but I just can't get back behind the fact that like one of the main characters is a mascot character. A tiny little shitty mascot character. Oh, I was like, Fuck you mean the little guy with this. the fedora hat thing? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's supposed to be the most badass guy. Like, no, 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 no. I I'm not into it. Wow. Oh, it takes you out of it a bit. Yeah. And then all the way at number one, which goes to show you that the otaku who frequent the uh, Nijimen website are probably women. I'm guessing, because oh. number one is Oron High School Host Club. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, another That's reverse a... harem, lots of boys, mm. one girl who's very tomboyish. Yeah. Surprised Wallflower isn't up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of liked Oron, though. Outside of my, even though I'm maybe outside the demographic slightly. Uh, slightly, just got oh, oh, sorry. You gonna say just ever so slightly? Yeah. Although if they put it over to the west again, they're gonna have to recast the guy who plays Tomoki now. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. Oh, the main guy Tomoki was played by uh, Vic Mignana, and it's I think Funimation has the rights. Oh, Vic so, Mignana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get through one show without having to mention. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. I can't mm -hmm. hear Vic. Can't hear which Vic? Manana or Andrew? You. Oh, Stop me. Stop uploading Shit. porn. You... <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you caught me. Yeah, so um, you were uh, yeah. cutting out, and then, like, uh, Discord suddenly caught up to you. It was like... Blah, 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 blah. Ah, yeah. It's, uh, that was intentional. Sorry about that. Anyways. Cool, cool. Indeed. Oh, uh, let us get into uh, your next one. Uh, let's be spirited away to your next ah, topic. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, by the way, welcome to Ghost Shinobi. Now we have um, a story about the iconic scene in Spirited Away, Studio Ghibli's one of its most famous, highest-grossing anime films. I think it's one of the first anime films to be nominated for an Oscar, I believe. can't remember. I think it was actually nominated for Best Animated Picture. But, um, yeah, so the film's from 2001. It has attracted some people to a current site in Japan. Uh, basically, there is a train stop as well as an area where there's train tracks that go underneath the water there. And this captures sort of that iconic scene in which there's a, a sea train in the anime. So hmm. um, this is what's been happening at, recently at the Shimonada station in Ihimi Prefecture, which is thought by fans to be um, perhaps the inspiration for that station in the uh, anime film. 
thing about it though is that the this is causing some issues though because the tracks in the Shimonada are actually off limits to the public and they're located inside a shipbuilding yard near the station. It's actually a private property basically, and despite this, the actual um, it still hasn't stopped many people, like hundreds of people, visiting the site daily, which has been troublesome because they have been leaving trash on the premises, um, on the private property, and this has caused the owners of the site to post on Facebook in dismay about the whole thing uh, with photos showing the trash left behind and the no entry signs properly and uh, the quote basically reads in, in Twitter as falls where please share this we are a shipbuilding yard in no way is this any type of model for spirited away it is neither a hidden place or a healing place this is a place where we hoist ships up and repair them the tracks are for our work, work equipment would you be okay with people stepping on your work equipment would you be okay with hundreds of people coming into your house every day please please don't come here anymore so as people <laughs> shared the message uh, the Meitetsu Tokunami line uh, run by a private railway operator in Nagoya Trail, uh, Railroad uh, set the record straight by telling everybody that the actual well, what likely is more like, uh, what is more likely to be the inspiration for the sea train itself on the train tracks in the water, which is the inspiration for the train that appeared in Spirited Away is the Mitetsu Tokunami line when it was flooded due to Typhoon Vera. The face of the face on the carriage body is incredibly similar to the Meitetsu train line uh, at the time. Incidentally, this train was also called the it was called the Imomushi. And you know, there's also some Twitter images which really show a very close resemblance with the actual iconic train in the anime. Hmm. Uh, this would have happened around 1959, which was when Hayozaki, no Hayozaki. <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki would have been 18 years old at the time. So that's more likely the actual inspiration for the train tracks and the train itself. Um, Of course, you know, maybe the train station is still the inspiration otherwise for the train stop. Um, Miyazaki has not come forward to make any um, statements about it, whether or not to confirm or deny any of these things. Um, But yeah, Ghibli fans everywhere should take note uh, of the message in regards to, you know, the private property. Uh, or travel to the Egawa coast at Chiba, which is another way, uh, another watery spirited away train location. So, there you go. So, people thought that this train, this underwater submerged track was for, basically for the film, but it actually wasn't. So, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. So, it is what it is. Yeah, I... I- I do hear a lot of that, like, that will happen with a lot of, like, these a- anime pilgrim sites, where it's mm. like, well, we don't normally see a lot of this traffic, and all of a sudden, because we're getting so much traffic, there's a lot of trash left, there's a lot of, like, yeah damage that shows up here or there, and it's like, please be kind mm. to your places, and it's like, yeah, come on, otaku, stop, stop, stop being that way. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah, I mean, that's just common sense in general and uh, and it's one thing if it's like a public space but this one's also private property so i do definitely empathize with the idea of someone coming into your area and just littering in your in your own like imagine if they did it to your back garden or just outside your door so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's that the lengths people will go to to get a, a shot for their instagram or twitter yeah such a sad uh, yes, Gil, we have went over the forums. Uh, if you post in it this week, I'll read it out next week, though. Thumbs up. Anyways, that's it for the news, I think? I believe so. In which case, we can get right on to our reviews, eh? Yes, we can. Eh? 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 Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see here. I went first last time. Did you want to go first? I don't really mind. It's up to you. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm go right that. ahead. Let's uh, sure. let's hear about <clears throat> what you got to talk about. Okay. So uh, with this week, we're keeping that cyberpunk train mm. I'm currently on chugging with something older than what I tend to cover, being a set of two OVAs that adapt the first two manga volumes of Gunnam 
or what is known in the West as the Battle Angel Battle, no, sorry, Alita Battle Angel series that has recently resurfaced in popular culture due to the more recent James Cameron version uh, this year. So, the story takes place in what appears to be a post-apocalyptic future that goes for a setting that shows human society to be unbalanced despite the scientific advances. There's a floating city called Zalem that, although I can't describe how much of a utopia it is, it is likely better than the shithole of a scrapyard city below it. Actually, I think it's referred to in the blurb as a scrapyard anyway. Uh, there we start off with a mechanic called Dr. Ido, who, while foraging through a junk pile, comes across the head of a female cyborg that his scanner detects to have signs of life from. Ido repairs the cyborg, naming her Gali, due to the fact that she can't, remem- uh, she can't remember much anything except for some powerful cyborg fighting moves and techniques, and a familiarity with combat in general. Gali starts off as simply an assistant and sort of an adopted daughter to Ido, but upon saving Ido from some criminal cyborgs, finds her calling as a hunter-warrior. See, there's no actually organized police force exactly in the scrapyard, and so hunter-warriors are essentially bounty hunters who keep the peace. Ido himself is actually a hunter-warrior by night, wielding an interesting jet-propelled scythe, and is at first, and is at first against Gali becoming one, though it doesn't take him long to accept her choice. Gali also befriends Yugo, a boy desperate to escape to Zalem for a better life, and is currently raising money sometimes in unsavory ways so that he can pay Vector, the antagonist of these two films, to send him there. Though he's not the only one that Vector has made uh, promises to, as Sharon, uh, Chiren, sorry, Chiren, Ito's ex uh, and skilled mechanic in her own right, is desperate to return to Zalem, where she's actually, uh, where she is actually from, and has also resorted to unsavory work in getting there as well. OVA One is about Gali's origins and an arc towards realizing her potential as a fighter, culminating in a battle with a scary large cyborg called Grushka. Grushka, I think. While OVA Two focuses on Gali's relationship with Hugo that blossoms into something more than friendship. The ending may surprise you if you weren't me and saw AMV Hell Free all those years back. And like I mentioned, the anime only covers the first two volumes of the manga, of which there are nine volumes, excluding the sequels and spin-offs, so of course you're not really going to get a conclusion to the story, which is not really much to, you know, not seeing for much. So in contrast to Marduk's Scramble, Alita is less of a psychological piece, and instead the characters are a little bit more simple, but charming in their own right. It does as a result benefit from a much better fleshed out setting, though marginally so given how short the whole experience is, and the concept is something I do find really interesting though regardless. Problem is, is that the OVA goes uh, at a pretty fast pace which I normally wouldn't have a problem with, though it does come at the expense of letting the elements such as the romance breathe. As mentioned I do like uh, what's there but there needed to be more, especially if you want me to really feel for the climax, which I won't spoil here, but it kind of rings hollow when, um, you know, you just haven't really gotten to know a lot of these characters in depth as much. You only kind of really get them at a surface level. What I do think really makes this worth a watch, despite its simplicity, though, is the presentation. I don't know what it is, but there's something about this hand-drawn early 90s anime style that is really refreshing given the current norm of character design of anime in the 20-teens. What matters objectively though is that the characters are expressive and animate very very smoothly and well, which translates to my brain as charming. In fact, the whole anime, including the fight scenes, are animated very well. It's nice to see that Madhouse, even back then, were providing works of high production quality. Hand-drawn backgrounds are also delicious and the voice work wasn't bad either. As usual, I can't remember the music if there was any, but you know, there's nothing new there because I usually can't remember music or pay much attention to that. You know, nothing good, nothing bad. So to round things up, I really enjoyed Gunnam. It's a series where my main criticism comes from there not being enough time to develop its components more. In that regard, it can be also considered kind of a compliment, really, when the biggest shortcomings come from its format of being two 30-minute-ish OVAs instead of a longer movie, or better yet, in my opinion, a full series. It's sad to it's sad to see that Madhouse seemed to also have that aversion to making sequels back then, though given that they've more recently remade Boogie Pop, 
and Alita is now more of a recently relevant franchise. Who knows? Maybe there's something to hold on to hope for still here. I give the Gunham OVAs a crackers, and this was supposed to end off my coverage of cyberpunky stuff. Uh, until just this week, I finished Inuyashiki, and oh boy. <laughs> I think I'll do that one next week, actually, as bullshit bonus to end my coverage of the genre for now. But yeah, overall, good times. Good times to be had with uh, Alita. Uh, definitely has me interested in checking out the manga. Um, although, like I said earlier on, it's kind of expensive, so I may just have to like buy the digital version or something. I don't know. Let's see what happens. But yeah. Would you say that the OVA, and I know you didn't want to really make comparisons, but would you say is better than the movie? Hmm. Uh, I give them a very similar rating, basically. It's what, and that's a bit of a cop-out answer, but it's just because there's just so many things that are, like... The world building's better in the movie because that's two hours long. Actually, I think the movie's mm-hmm. two hours and 20 minutes long, so the world building is not so much of an issue in that. But I do like how charming... Like, I do prefer like, how charming the animation is in this as well. The action and ah. effects are obviously better in the James Cameron one. But uh, but the romance is better in this. Mm. Even though I said the romance isn't very fleshed out in this one, the romance is way better in this uh, in this anime than it is in the live action movie, in my opinion. I I didn't wait. Really a, buy... a romance is huh? better in an animation <clears throat> than in a James Cameron movie. No. Yeah, I know. I know. The thing is, is, it's true. That's a good point to make there that you just made. Is I think James Cameron has a thing. He did um, Titanic, and every relationship <laughs> afterwards. I don't know. It just feels like a diet version of that to me when it comes to him. You know, oh, they love each other. They're from different worlds. Actually, holy shit. That really is a similarity between, like, Titanic, Avatar, and Navalita. Holy shit. I just realized. Yeah, they're from different <clears throat> walks of life and different worlds, but they are innocent, and they're and it's like a very innocent, cute love, but it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on it in the live-action film, whilst in the anime, I was much better sold on it. Um, and I think overall... Alita has a lot more time to breathe as a character in the live-action film, but I think what I did see of the one in the anime I did like better. Uh, it's so it's so difficult because yeah, it's hard. I think overall I do slightly prefer the anime. If you were to say okay, choose one of the two, you'd die. Uh, I would probably choose the OVA, but that's not to say I didn't like the live-action slash CG film. Uh, you know. <clears throat> Because again, there's there's some things that are fleshed out there. You know how I mentioned she has a, a martial arts ability in this? And she has yeah. like... it's called, it, like You don't ever learn the name in this anime. But in the manga and in the movie, you learn the name of it. It's Panzerkunst. It's the name of it. And there's more backstory about the lore with Mars and shit. Yeah. Yeah, Panzerkunst. You know, there, there's more stuff to kind of like sink your teeth into and lead-ups to sequels. But... um. The anime is kind of self-contained, and, but it kind of ends on a less satisfying note. I don't want to say exactly, but the the last shot is a bit unsatisfying in the anime. So it's oh, so back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I, I slightly prefer the anime, answering your question. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Very cool. Mm, thank you. Yes. Um, what have you got for the, for the week? Well, I have uh, something else that... Um, <clears throat> Uh, kind of the reverse situation where uh, instead of an anime being adapted into a movie, I have a uh, manga that was adapted into an anime. Mm. Or at least a different situation, not really reverse, no, thinking about it. Uh, so, yeah, anime adaptations of manga and light novels always seem to lose something in the transition be it in quality, in the writing, details in the story, or a massive change to the plot. Yet I doubt there is an otaku out there who doesn't like seeing an animated version of something they enjoy reading being announced. They might be worried, but it is my personal belief that the excitement outweighs the potential for failure. No one can predict the future, after all. Well... It goes without saying that I felt this excitement when Tensei 
Shira or Shitara Slime Date Ken, English title That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, was slated for an anime version in the fall winter 2018 to 2019 season. However, no series is immune to transition faults, and Slime Date Ken suffered from a few. If you couldn't tell by the title, this is one of those isekai anime. Dude in our world is killed by a random knife-wielding mugger who when he pushes his friend out of the way. Be it thanks to his selfless act of heroism or some other factor, the man is reincarnated in another world as a blue slime. This begins his new life, where he explores his surroundings, consuming anything he can, as a slime typically does, and learning more about his new world. His main unique power that he starts with is a voice in his head called Great Sage, a female personality that can solve problems for him in an almost deus ex machina kind of way. This doesn't make him overpowered, at least at first, but that's before he meets a dragon called Valdora. During this meeting, our slime earns himself a name, Rimuru Tempest. And after some lengthy conversation where we learn about how Veldora got himself trapped in a cave, the two agree to help each other out. This entails Rimuru consuming Veldora, magical prison and all, in the hopes that he'll be able to slowly unlock and free Veldora from his confines. At this point, Rimuru gets a pretty massive upgrade to his power level. But because he's still a fresh-faced slime, he doesn't have much in the way of skills, and thus he leaves the cave that held Veldora and enters a nearby forest where he meets the next big arc of the series, Goblins. The Goblins go through three phases with Rimuru. First, requiring protection from wolves. Secondly, being named by Rimuru. And thirdly, building a city that is pretty much a monster haven. The first bit while exaggerated greatly in the scale of things, since Rimuru can just slice and dice the wolves like sashimi, is over pretty quickly, allowing the naming ritual to begin. You see, names carry power, and by Rimuru naming the goblins, they actually evolve into far more powerful versions of their smaller selves. This process is likely the only thing that ever comes close to damaging Rimuru, as he doesn't notice how much MP is required to do a single naming, and ends up turning into a puddle or a shining crystal ball after overextending himself, where he has to enter like a resting mode. So he's not so overpowered that he can name creatures willy-nilly for days on end, but nothing else comes close to defeating him in battle or out. Hmm. What the author uses to combat Rimuru's power level is his desire to protect those who serve under him, like the goblins, who can die from combat. Though even this fact is mostly hand-waved away by Rimuru's healing ability, which is shown to even bring those on the brink of death back to full health. The Goblin City continues to expand its diversity after adding some dwarves to the mix, helping Rumuru expand the city and upgrade the infrastructure. It's during this time that we do see that Rumuru does have a thing for girls with big tits. But for the most part, he's almost sexless, showing no interest in romance or performing the things you usually see a slime do in a doujin. <laughs> This is actually a problem I had with the series, as Rimuru obtains a humanoid form from a girl named Shizu, who, much like Rimuru, was transported to this world from her own. But wow. unlike him, her body was merged with a powerful spirit that Rimuru had to defeat, leading to her death. This body he gets is without gender, but looks very much feminine. He does some... You know, testing out to see what the form looks like with genitalia, but forgoes picking a gender in the end and sticks to looking like the blue-haired kid version of Shizu. A very drastic change from his human appearance in the other world. Mm. Afterwards, some ogres show up and are named by Rimuru, leading to what is one of the biggest battles to face the goblin village and problems for Rimuru. The Ogre's own village was decimated by orcs, led by a orc lord turned demon lord. 
The orc forces have begun invading the neighboring swampland belonging to the lizard people, some of whom are pretty cute, and others are annoying. Rimuru ends up saving their tails after receiving a quest from a dryad of the forest his blossoming city is located in, defeating the orc lord and becoming the official protector of the forest, much to his cringe. The whole battle is kind of just a way to show off how powerful the ogres have become since being named by Rimuru, and Rimuru's own battle against the orc lord is needlessly stretched out to show us that the great sage can actually take over Rimuru's body. In the end, he does the same thing he did to Veldora, to the orc lord. He just eats him. The remainder of the orc forces joining or join the city and once again add to thy diversity. It is here we see the next flaw of the adaptation show up, as the quality in the animation takes a big drop. Another demon lord by the name of Milam, a real cutie who is known across the world as the strongest demon lord, and often a leading cause of disaster. Thankfully, Rimuru squirts some royal honey into her mouth, which seemingly placates her, and allows the two to become friends. One crisis avoided, as another comes flying in, a poorly CG'd creation, which even Rimuru has trouble dealing with, is very quickly ended by a single punch from Milam. I'm not sure if this was to show us that Milam is in fact stronger than Rimuru, but because the two are already friends by this point, it only serves to further combat Rimuru's overpowered status. And here is where the final, big flaw of the adaptation comes into play, as the animation picks up the pace to wrap things up in time to catch up to where the manga is currently. This means details are cut and important events are glossed over. Instead, we get memes and unnecessary fanservice. Rimuru heads off to another city to save some kids that Chizu had ties to, shoving some spirits into them to level out their powers and allow them to live relatively normal lives. During this rather fast part of the anime, Rimuru consumes Sulfur the Sky Dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh, meets the Queen of Fairies, who is also a demon lord, and introduces new characters that have zero introduction. It is a bit of a crapshoot, honestly, and I wondered why they rushed the ending as such, given the fact that the anime isn't technically over. That's right, this season still has two episodes left, but they're not actually a continuation of the main story. That's done. Instead, they delve into the backstories of Shizu and Veldora, something I think is honestly a waste and could have just been done in an OVA or a television special. Mm. Instead, they wasted two episodes of the main series on that crap. Hmm. Yeah. So, animation. It was handled by Studio 8-Bit. It's mostly positive, but it did see that dip in the quality after the Orc Lord fight, which was resolved after a couple of episodes. Just kind of dipped down and then came back. Right. Interesting. These guys have also worked on other titles like Tokyo Ravens, Absolute Duo, and Infinite Stratos. So they're not a bad studio, but that sudden drop was very obvious and rather odd. Yeah. I don't have too much about to say about the voice acting. It's good. Nothing really stood out. I do have a favorite character this time, however. Uh, Were this the manga, I would have a very different answer for this category, but for the anime, I am going to say Milam. I know a rather odd choice for me, but her character was very straightforward. She is strong, she likes to fight other strong things, and she doesn't really care about much else. She's a bit of a cutie, and when she does go into killer mode, she sparks something in me that only knife-wielding yandere's have done. So I'm going to give Tensai uh, Shitara Slime Date Ken, English title, that time I was reincarnated as a slime, a Crackers. A high hmm. Crackers, though, like a, a buttery Ritz Crackers, but a ah, Crackers okay. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. You can get quite a few Crackers lately, actually. Yeah, soon enough I'll be able to start up my own Cracker company. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and oh. that uh, does it for our reviews, I do believe. It does. Uh, but before we move on to giving the uh, credits, by the way, uh, in terms of Patreon aspects, there is something, especially since we still are actually finishing this in a decently timed manner. There's an announcement I forgot to mention in my IRL news section. I just want to, can I just throw into the, this bit here? Um, Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, so remember how I mentioned last week there, I was planning on just doing some unofficial crossover shows with other hosts? There has yes. been some pro- uh, progress on that, and I've got some dates locked uh-huh. in. So I've managed to lock Innocuous Blonde and Rio Way 24-7 in for a time. Uh, I wanted to give you those dates since um, I believe you said you were interested in possibly joining us for them. The, Potentially, yeah. Yeah, so for the After Dark crossover, it's going to be on Saturday the 30th. I think uh, we even have a time for this one at 3.30 EST on Saturday the 30th of March. Mm. Um on that show, if you ha- have, if you've seen the sh- uh, movie, if not, maybe you have time to go check it out. Uh, if you've heard of the sh- movie Perfect Blue, or have seen it, Perfect Blue, Perfect Blue. Yeah. Hold on a second. Um, I have not seen this one. Okay. Uh, it's just that um, Blonde would like to basically gush about that for a section. But well, I'm gonna try and watch it as well, and so is Rio before it if you have time and if hmm. you're going to come on maybe check it out if you can um so part of it's going to be so far we don't have all the details in but we're going to probably talk about perfect blue and much like more likely that um that director's work i can't remember it's that really famous anime director the one who did um paranoia agent um so we're probably going to talk about about, about his work also as kind of a crossover-esque thing We'll probably have a, a, a nice discussion about fan service in anime. So not not hentai, obviously, because you know I'm, I'm not gonna go watch a hentai for this crossover. But we'll discuss fan service, which is like a nice little mix between the two. And perhaps you may have some opinions to weigh in, weigh in on that subject as well. Um, for that, if you show up for it, so there's that. And then keeping in mind, we don't have a solid time exactly, but uh, Thursday. We're still gonna be doing a crossover with Video Game Pulse on Thursday the twenty eighth of uh, March. Uh, if you have a video game that you also want to review, that might be a good time for you to have one. You may want to keep it anime themed. You may not. It's up to you. But that might be a nice idea for a crossover because I know they want to review an anime. So, I've uh, hmm. on on that front we have Millennium X now uh, locked in as well, and possibly Kaz. So we might have the entire VGP crew on that one. Which, if I get you in that show, it'll be very busy. It'll be like five people in, in uh, hosting at the same time. So it'll be uh, quite a Yikes. nice little party. Hmm? Yikes. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting. Although that, uh, for the 30th, that definitely is coming close to when I normally like leave to go and do my uh, working out. Because Saturday's my, one of my workout days. Okay. Uh, would you be able to maybe... St- well, it's up to you, obviously, at the end of the day. But if you, if you could make the time, uh, it would be nice to have you. No pressure, though, obviously. Just a nice uh, right, unofficial. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all, that's all I wanted to add in before we read the Patreon stuff. I think that's about it. Uh, if anybody okay. has any more show suggestions, please uh, send them to my email. That's about it. Or comment it. Yes, comments, emails, anything. Yep, all appreciated. In... The meantime, I do believe it's about time we can wrap up the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we go, of course, we have to thank our uh, thank our anonymous sponsors out there, everyone who doesn't want to be named, as well as yes. all those who do want to be named, including Tag, Algazero, V. Uh huh. Two more. V. Of. Shoot. Tag Algazero V. Starts with um, a PH. Starts with a PH. Philosopher? He wears a mask. Phantom. Right. Phantom. Yes, that's right. Uh huh. I'm a more. And. And I don't remember who else. Uh, sh- G. <laughs> Shish G, whatever. Oh, I don't sh- know how you G, it. right. Yeah, Shish G. Yeah. That's it. And that is it. Although Mal is saying also him. 
Oh, Mao, is he... Interesting, is he not on the list? Oh, I did. I do remember Welltall saying that the list isn't updated, that there's still not at least... They're still to send us an updated list of patrons. Uh, sorry about that. We'll also mention... I'll, I'll, I'll put a little note, so we'll mention Mal every week as well then. So thank you, Mal. Yes. If, if it's true. If it is true. If it is true. Maybe Mal's mm. just trying to be sneaky. He just wants to get his name announced. So he can start his role, his his walk to famedom. Someone out there's going to be like, Mal, that sounds like an interesting name. They're going to track him down. He'll be on fast track to be recruited. And meanwhile, Anime Pulse just get left behind in his wake. A very roundabout way of like springboarding off another brand. But yeah, sure. If it works for you. <laughs> That's a very strange plan. Yeah. He'll be getting roles in the next Avatar film as one of the blue Avatar creatures. Oh yeah, that's right. That's still happening, isn't it? Jesus. Oh. Yep. As well as a possible Alita sequel. And I think they're going to make that if it made enough money. And I think it did, because it didn't... It It's really smashed it in China, basically. Yeah, and China's the biggest market for movies right now. Pretty much. If you can just sell just to China, you, you, you basically win. That's why you get the Transformer sequels. So many of those. Transformers, time to make money. That kind of was the right amount of syllables too. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's about it. Yeah, it is it. And until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>